Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's Kayla. Candice isn't able to join us today, but we are all still so directionally challenged. We thought we'd have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s, but surprise, we don't. And that's okay. Today, I'm going to sit down with Nichelle Hines. She is someone who I've wanted to have on the podcast for a very long time. She has such incredible energy. She has such fervor. She has so much firsthand experience at life. And she was on the track to become an actor and was working and had experienced some success. And then her path got derailed. And she talks to us all about how she finally found her way back to her calling. She asked herself, do you want to be successful or do you want to be happy? Well, she's here to tell us how we can be both. Without further ado, here is my lovely conversation with Nichelle Hines. To say this on air, it's a good thing that the the podcast is called Directionally Challenged because we're allowed to mess up, and that's what makes it good, right? <laughs> I, I am computerly challenged, whereas technical difficulty challenge. Today we're all the things challenged, you guys. I am here with Nichelle Hines. I am so happy we're finally doing this. You are someone I've wanted to have on the podcast for a long time and we're finally doing it. And it just took us about, you know, 25 minutes to get this going today. <laughs> but we're here and we're doing it. And 
Nichelle, I don't, I don't just, I'm not just saying this because you're my friend. You have a lot to share and a lot to give. And I'm really, really happy that you're here. I know you have extensive experience as a trainer and a coach. And I mean, you've definitely been called LA Fitness Royalty many times. I've heard it many times. Not only did you, you were a founding member of one of LA's fitness studios, Cycle House. And this is where we first met. That's why I bring this up. I mean, you guys, way back in the day, this was definitely the place to be. Getting into one of Nichelle's fitness classes was like equivalent to an after party for like some of big awards show, like the Academy Awards. There were celebrities everywhere. It was definitely a thing. And I just remember the first time, you know, you taught me, I remember thinking, oh, wow, this fitness can be like this. This is this is a class. This is a fitness class. And that's such a testament to you and who you are as a person. And not only were you teaching those kind of classes, you were also balancing them with your acting career. And you have just been someone who has been dedicated to what you love for so long. I just think you elevate the experience of, of life. And, and now you're coming into you're becoming an it girl you really are you're everywhere <laughs> no you're everywhere and you're gonna you're gonna laugh about it but it's true you're opposite Florence Pugh in Zach Braff's new movie and we'll get into all of that we have to hear all the details but first I we talk a lot about pivots on this podcast we have found that a lot of really successful people have significant pivots in their lives where they decide that change needs to happen. And I feel like this is something that you identify with. And if so, can you start there with us? I identify with that on such a deep level, Kayla. I can't even tell you. It, as you know, especially in this field, being an actor and also being someone in fitness. And I think it's a testament to also trying to be true to who you are while also trying to live your life and be successful. But then like, do you want to be successful or do you want to be happy? Was like sort of the question. But I really truly believe that you can be both. It's hard, I think. And I would imagine for you too, like dealing with like motherhood and all of the things that you're juggling too. It's like, okay, I think the first thing that you have to do is sort of define like your definition of success. Because I think, and also be open to it changing and evolving and growing. Because for me, I, I I decided that I wanted to be an actor, but that, God, we're going back so far. As a young Black girl growing up in the 80s, and particularly when I was, you know, at my youngest and being, you know, impressioned by what was on TV, I knew that there was a spark inside of me. My parents were business people. I'm from San Francisco. Like, they're amazing. and have, like, a great family. But you know, they were business people, but I always knew that I was different. But, and this is why I say all the time, this all leads into pivot. I think it, it'll make sense in a second why representation matters. Because when I watched TV and I remember being really young and my dad asked me if I wanted to go to a young actor's, there was like a training pro, like my father knew and he saw it and I was like 13 years old. And I I kind of shrugged it off. And I think it was because I was always the kid at church. I did the announcements like everybody wanted to be the angel in the play. I was raised and like they're like, Michelle's the angel. And I was like, why? And like people were like mad at me or like it was it was always calling me. But because I didn't see it on screen and in movies, I, it just it didn't feel real. It didn't feel like something that was an attainable career for me. So I, I started pivoting, I think, at a really young age. I tried to pivot out of this 
I didn't even know what it was that was calling me this need to be creative, this need, like from a, as a very young child, like creating worlds in my room. Like I remember my brother had a TV and a radio. I had books and I had myself and I had my imagination, but because I, I literally remember thinking, well, the only, like, what am I going to do with this? Like, what do I do with this? Because at the time, especially if you didn't come from, uh, the, you know, we weren't going to the theater, we were watching TV. And when I watched TV, I thought, okay, there's the mom on the Cosby show and there's Halle Berry, like in movies. So you didn't feel like you belonged. I didn't feel like I belonged. I did, did, just didn't feel attainable. It didn't feel like there was a way I did it. I didn't, A, I didn't know how to do it, but then when I did see it, I just didn't see myself. So I was trying to pivot out of it from a very young age. And so when I went to college, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a lawyer because it felt like, okay, I can like perform because you would see like the law shows and like the lawyers would like, you know, persuade people to, you know, believe their side. So I really thought that I was going to be a lawyer and like, maybe the first black woman on the Supreme Court and, you know, all, you know, and stand in front of, you know, government and change ideals and, you know, be that person. I always wanted to like, you know, I was that person with like the higher moral compass. It was always, I wanted to be like a prosecutor or like, you know, these kinds of things. And then I went to court and I freaked out. My mom's friend was a lawyer and went to court and I absolutely freaked out because I've never been so bored in my life. And I was like, Oh no. Like, like I was like, what am I going to do? And I was, but I kept doing shows. It was a hobby and I kept doing plays and doing shows. And I remember they're like, well, when I was, uh, they were like, well, yes, you're an English major, but like you have all these credits in drama, you two more classes and you have a drama degree as well. And it was my last semester of school. And I was like, Okay. I was like, I just have a drama degree because, you know, I just took the classes for fun and it was like my fun thing. I was a double major and a minor. I majored in English and dramatic art and have a minor in African American studies. So that kind of explains like all of that. We were doing a show and we had a guest director in from Stanford and he asked me to stay after rehearsal. And it was the beginning of my senior year. And he said, Hey, I just want to know, like, what is your plan? And I was like, what? And he was like, what, what are you, what are you going to do? You know, after this? And I was like, you know, it's so funny. You should ask. I don't know this summer. I went to court and I thought I was going to be a lawyer and like, I hated it. And I don't know what I'm going to do. I was just going to see what happens. You know, I don't know. Cause I was, I remember when I was very young, I told my mother, I would never work a corporate job. I would never work in an office. I would never sit at a desk. And, and I meant that from the bottom of my soul. <laughs> so you knew all the things you didn't want to do. You just couldn't find and you actually knew what you wanted to do, but you were telling yourself you couldn't. The lights were off. Yeah. I feel like I was in the house, but like the lights weren't on. And that's why I wanted to be a lawyer because I thought, oh, lawyers don't have to, you know, write, you know, they read and then they like fight for a cause. And then you realize that it's briefs and all the things, you know, all these things. And he was like, do you not want to be an actor? And I laughed and I go, I, I wouldn't mean, how do, how do you be an actor? Like, what does that mean? And he said, well, you do something that a lot of people don't do or don't know. You do it naturally. He's like, but you need to learn how to do it all the time. And I was like, well, that sounds cool. Like, what? how would you even begin to do something like that? And he said, I think that he's like, do you not want to be an actor? And I was, and I was like, yeah, I do. And he was like, I think that you should go to grad school. 
I think that you should try to get into the top grad schools in the country. And because I think that you, there's training that will help you understand who you are, what you have and how to do it all the time. Cause for me, it was always about like the creativity of the, of the thing. And that is how I started auditioning for grad school. Literally went home, called my dad and he's like, yeah, great. Let's go. He's like, let me call you back. He's like, U S news and world report says you have to go to NYU, Yale or ACT. And I was blessed enough to get into NYU and that what started my life. And so I feel like I pivoted into the, that career in the first place. So interesting that you almost talked yourself out of where you were meant to be because of the lack of representation. Yes, that was the first time because I've talked myself out of it a couple right. times. Right, <laughs> no, but it started at, at really such a young age. And no, but my question to you is, okay, so now, and I'm sure you've been asked this a million times over, but clearly the industry is trying to catch up, right? Yes, yes. Do you yes. think it's caught up yet? Do you think, what will it take to have it catch up? What are your thoughts on where it stands right now? I don't think that the industry is caught up yet. I think that it's doing better. I think that the things that I see the most is that there's two things going on. I think that I think that it's a little easier for black men. I think if you take a look at television, there's a black man on every single show. Every single show. It's not a black woman on every single show. And there might be one if there's six series regulars, you know, most shows, unless we're talking. And then, you know, we get into the, you know, this whole reimagining and a lot of Westerns and things where there's not room for any black people in those either, which I mean, but there is room for, you know, Native American actors. And, you know, so I think that that's great. I think that until we stop saying this character has to be this or has to be that when I was in grad school and we did Shakespeare, you know, it didn't matter what, you know, the, the world was willing to suspend disbelief, right? Unless we're talking about Othello, which is very specific. So if that's the case, if we're able to do, you know, all of these things, why can't we think of it more in this way? Because when I played Titania as a grad student, no one said, well, Titania's not black. You know, no one said that. Or, you know, when we get into this little mermaid thing and, you know, it's, that was really, I think, particularly traumatizing because it was a black woman. And for me, being an African-American studies major, I'm and to be like, not to be like morbid, but if we're talking about, you know, bodies at the bottom of the ocean, they're black from all of the, you know, slaves in the transatlantic slave trade that died and got dumped. If we're talking about like human bodies in the bottom of the ocean, those are black bodies. So to even like entertain a discussion of why the Little Mermaid is white, because they made it that way in a cartoon. Like if, if that, you know, based on, if we're talking about reality, if it's realistic or not. So I'm sick of that fight. The other thing that I find to be hard is sometimes a lot of the Black material is what I like to call Black trauma porn, sort of showing the plight of Black people, right? So as a Black woman, a lot of the auditions I get is, oh, you know, your father's in jail or your boyfriend's in jail and you smuggled something in and now you might be, you're pregnant and alone or every single, like there was a time where every single audition, it was like, the black pe black people were like at this class or again talking about you know like the the use of black sorrow black trauma black sorrow black crime there's not these stories why can't the stories be more complex i think that obviously a lot of things in particular if we're talking about movies that are like doing well or oscar they're about trauma but 
a lot, it's more psychological trauma as opposed to like the circumstantial trauma that every person of color must be under. Every black person was born, do you know what I mean? Under a, in the ghetto or, you know, any of these kinds of. Right. You, you want to actually play the lawyer that you were once going to become. Exactly. A hundred percent. And that's the thing that was so great when I was lucky enough to get the arc that I did recently on The Resident, that I was, I cannot tell you how amazing it felt to play a character that was so complex, but not perfect. I was like, this is, I want to be like, okay, every writer in the world, this is exactly it. Because I was playing a congresswoman who was running for governor, but she was sort of pushing other things in her life to the side in order to be successful in her career, it was having an affair with her chauffeur because her husband was jealous that he was a former NFL player and she's now the star of the family and he's retired. And it was so amazing to see this woman who wasn't going through something because she was, you know, unmarried and pregnant or, you know, had killed someone or was selling drugs or was born in the ghetto. She was having just a problem. It wasn't a black problem. I was a black woman that had a problem. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
and we're back. Can I ask when you got the character description, what was it? Was it any ethnicity? Do you remember or do you even remember? I believe it did say, I think it, no, no, it did not. Because it was set in Atlanta. It was clear that they wanted to go black. Like it, I was she hoping was, that was the answer. Okay. Yeah, she was cool. li- yes, she was living in Atlanta. She was, yes, I think it was, a, it didn't say specifically black, but it did say politician living in Atlanta, a mix of like St- if Stacey Abrams and Kamala Harris had a baby sort of kind of thing. So yeah, like the dream, right? So we're, we're taking like a real woman with like real woman problems. And that is, it was so freeing for me. And it was freeing for me again, like pivoting on so many levels. This was during, in the heart of the pandemic, Cycle House had just closed. I had recommitted myself to being an actor. I was terrified. I didn't have money coming in, really. I was, like, trying to figure out what I was going to do. You know, it's accidental. I call my, I guess I'm not, because I was like, influencer is not what I am, because I never, like, set out for, like, a life of influence. But I guess they have the new term called tastemaker, which is equally weird. (laughs) But I was like, so I was, like, kind of hobbling along on that net, and you're going to freak out right now. So I said to my manager, uh, who's, stood by my side for like 20 something years. We were apart for like eight years. She and my best friend, Sterling Brown, are the reasons why I started acting again. She said to me, I said, I think I'm going to not go back. Or if I do, it's not going to be in this capacity because I'm an all or nothing. I'm a hundred percent kind of gal. Not go back to what? I wasn't going to go back to Cycle House that I decided that like I was no longer wanted to do that full time because I was teaching 15 times a week. And that was, you were, I mean, I know it wasn't your dream. You were wildly successful at it and you guys, you fell into it. It was successful. It was a great company. Pandemic hits. It's no longer something that's happening. And so you were forced to pivot and that's terrifying too. That's really hard. And I will tell you this, I was like, universe, you know, I was just saying class, I'm like, I don't care what you call it, what you believe in. I don't care if you worship a chicken, whatever it is. But I was like, I really need a sign that I'm not completely crazy, like that this is actually something that I can, you know, do even on some sort of level in a way that would be like, and like, I need a sign. I was like, I need that character's name when I got the audition was Nichelle. Wait, really? Oh my God. Oh my God. That's really, I ask the universe for signs all the time because it's something that I genuinely believe that can come to us. Sometimes they don't come or maybe I'm just not open to them, but I, or sometimes the answer is no, and you don't want to hear it. Right. That's okay. You're right. That's very true. But that is the most, uh, that's, the most obvious sign I have ever heard anyone say. So what happens when you get that? You get that and you think, okay, here we go. I'm like, this is so weird. Because so often when you when people spell my name wrong or they say Nisha, like it's their knee or they say, or they put an S in there, like an A or whatever. But my name is literally Nichelle, spelled like Michelle, just with an N in front of it. She And literally it said, it was spelled like my name. Wow. Okay. So then you get that and you think, all right, universe or chicken, whatever it is that you're listening to, I'm all in. I'm all in. Here we go. That's also terrifying because, listen, it's the pandemic. The entertainment industry is up and running-ish. A lot of people are out of out of work. A lot of people, this is really... We're on the heels of a strike. It's a difficult time. And so... Yeah, I just lost my health insurance. I mean, like, what a pivot, right? 
a movie premiere and no sex. But so what do you do then? How do you keep going in those moments? Because listen, life is filled with them and, and you have just made a huge career pivot and it worked out, which is great. But there have been moments that have been tough. And it listen, you and I are both here right now. We're going to have moments ahead too. So how, what do you do? How do you handle those? What gets you through? I do a few things. I, I've, I've learned how important sort of rituals or habits are and healthy habits, meaning healthy habits is in like inside of your mind. Because I don't think people understand, like when you're an actor, you, you see a TV show, for that one job, there's probably been a thousand no's minimum, you know, over the, depending on how old you are or how long you've been in it. Or like Sterling and I would laugh when they started calling him an overnight sensation, you know, when he <laughs> 40 and OJ, you know, all of these things. And I think that it's about your process and protecting yourself because rejection is part of the job. I think rejection for regular people happens, you know, in smaller doses, but as an actor, right. And also you can dial it down to something very simple. If, if we were lawyers, for example, if you're a good lawyer, you'll get a job. You're a good actor. You might never get a job. You know, I, there was, I, I saw an interview with, gosh, it was, it was Slasher, some sort of rock star, somebody, and they're like, how does it feel to be the greatest guitarist alive? He's like, you know, I don't know. He's like, the greatest guitarist alive is probably a guy named Steve jamming with his friends in his garage who just wasn't as lucky oh, as me. And it's so true because it is. there's so much that goes to it. I want to backpedal for a second because I think I heard you say that you are in this huge movie with Florence Pugh, but you lost your health insurance? Yeah, well, you know, like the SAG health insurance, if you don't make... So you have to make, I mean, I'm sure people on here probably know a lot. You have to make a certain amount. Remember, it went way up. And for this next quarter or whatever, I was like less than $2,000 away. See, that's insane to me. The, for, for those who aren't in the industry, because sometimes we get people on this podcast just listening in that aren't. As actors, it goes by the quarter. So even if you make, you get one big job that year and you make a huge amount, you have to actually make a certain amount every quarter of the year consistently. So even if, you know, let's say, I don't know, you decide to have a baby and can't work or those things, that goes against you. And so wildly unfair. My girlfriend Ashley was nominated for a BAFTA and had no health insurance. Something is wrong. Something needs to be fixed. And this is a whole other can of worms that could we could do multiple episodes on. I just couldn't help but touch on it because you obviously are wildly successful. This is one of the best years for you. And you don't have your SAG health insurance. And there's something needs to be done about this. Something needs to be but done. While we are talking on the about the movie, I'm sure everyone's like, wait a minute, can we hear about this movie? So uh, please <laughs> tell us everything because I think Zach Braff is a brilliant director and I can't imagine working with him. And so tell us what it was like. And obviously, Florence Pugh is a huge, she's the one of the It Girls cover of Vanity Fair this month. I mean, it doesn't get bigger than her. So, And having God be your father. Morgan Freeman's my father in the film. Wait, Morgan Freeman is your father? I mean, I'm sorry, but like if, like if someone would have told little Nichelle watching the TV that Morgan Freeman was going to play your father one day, doesn't that kind of make you want to cry? 
Yeah, I, I did cry. I, I, I have cried many times and I'm taking my father to the premiere in New York on March 20th. So I'm really excited for my on-screen dad to meet my dad. So it's kind of these bucket list things that get to happen when you're actually pursuing like your, your truth and your life. And like I said, with Cycle House, which I love so much, I love fitness. I still participate in it. It was such a great thing for me and such a great time. But my soul, my, my, I would say like my love is with fitness, but my heart and my soul is with being an actor and to have these affirmations and these things come in and Zach. So Zach Braff is, I I can't say enough about the kind of person and human being that he is. He is so, as a director, I watched this man seriously. And first of all, I have a very small part in this film. He's lovely. He calls me the heart and soul of it. But you know, these little signs that push you on, he said a couple things to me that really changed me and made me go, I'll never quit again. He said, he said, if you quit again, I'll kill you. That was number one. But the other thing he said was, you think that your part is small, but the film exists. The entire film is about what happens to you. So basically in the film, this isn't me ruining the film at all. It's kind of, it's, it's in the trailer. It's a Florence Pugh's character is engaged to my brother. The, it kind of opens on like this beautiful engagement party, like just like a kind that I think you and I would have, not through for just a bunch of friends hanging out. Like some are, they're playing the piano. There's just like, it's a party, you know, like a real person party that like this super formal thing. My father and my brother don't get along that well. So she's kind of trying to bond a little bit with the family. And she asked me to go with her to shop for wedding dresses amazing. We're going to the city because obviously it's Zach Braff set in Jersey, go Jersey. And I drag my husband along because I want him to come see a Broadway show with me after we do this. So she, you know, we can do the fitting and then, you know, she can go home. We can go to the show because, and my father's picking up our daughter, you know, doing all the things for us. And we get into an accident on the New Jersey Turnpike and my husband and I are killed. And Florence's character is driving. And you'll get to see a little bit of that. So that's literally, and then I'm gone. <laughs> I'm talking about the rest of the film, but I'm gone. But basically she, Zach said one of the things like as an actor and one of the things that makes him an amazing director is he said, if I had known that, I'm going to cry, I'm trying to think. If I had known that I was going to find you, I would have written so much more. And you know, it's, it's one of those things where sometimes we all just need someone in our corner, Right. Right. You you just need someone there telling you and reminding you why you're here, your value, who you are, how worthy you are, because every one of us has so much to give. It really is important that we find the people in our lives that will continue to help us grow in the right direction and be the best version of ourselves. And that's right. And you have to ask those questions. You have to ask for it. Not to say like, ask for a sign, you know, ask for an opportunity. I always say the human condition trends towards the negative. It's not our fault, right? It's not our fault that we think about, oh, kind of the worst case scenario. That's why there's so many, self-help book is like a multi-billion dollar industry because the human condition for all of us, I don't care who you are, is going to say, oh, I can't do that. 
or I'm, but I think that we have to have things set up in our lives to remind ourselves constantly that we can. And we need, like you said, those outside forces mm. to remind us that we can. What a beautiful way. Uh, it, it seems very forgiving to be able to, you know, on when we're having those negative days where we believe we can't do anything because we've all been there, to be able to forgive ourselves for them and to, and to say the, that the human condition is to be that way because then it just helps us strive to be better whatever that is. And then you can create practices to change it, right? If it's no longer your fault when you have, when you're like, oh, I'm not feeling great today or this can't happen for me or I'll never do this or I'll never do that. To know that that's not your fault to have that feeling. I think we feel so much guilt and shame around those feelings because we're all supposed to be happy, you know, especially, you know, having an American experience, right? Where like other cultures are more, you know, okay with it. But in the American culture, everyone's supposed to just get up and go and like, go, go, go and be happy. And to sort of say, hey, it's not my fault if I'm not feeling great. What is in your control is creating habits that make sure that that happens less. And I would say, oh, you asked earlier, I never, the, what is the thing that I do? Like I've created habits of very specific habits that get me out of that. So the things that I do on a daily basis, I do the five minute journal every single day. And there's a little quote at the top and it always kind of changes your day a little bit. It literally takes two seconds. It's hard to do it though, because we're so undisciplined with our phones. But I really try to, before I touch my phone, when I open my eyes, I do it before I get out of my bed. So if I get out of my bed and go, oh, I'm just going to brush my teeth and do this one thing, then I don't do it. And all you say is three things that you're grateful for. And sometimes it's, I like, I really like my home. Like I'm a great, or my animal who's like literally laying on top of me right now. Whatever, it can be very simple. It can be very in depth. It's just one line, three things you're grateful for, three things that would make the day great and an affirmation. You can knock this out literally. Some people that are starting out because I had a friend that I gave, she's like, oh, I don't want to say like my car. And I'm like, what about breath in your body? What about the fact that you opened up your eyes? You're in a bed your roof is covered. It can, it, it grows and it develops. And then at night you say three great things that happened and one thing that you learned. So it's a total of five minutes for the entire day. So if I told you that that five minutes a day could literally kind of slow down the train of life and get you in a different place and get you in a different frame, like, would you do it five minutes? Yes. Right. You are worth a five minute investment a day to make yourself feel better. And I always say, if you don't, if you don't do that, you control your day or your day controls you. Yeah, just the simple step of starting your day off with gratitude. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? 
Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. we're back you know we get a lot of people asking about the entertainment industry dming us about it you know a lot of our most popular episodes are about behind the scenes in in entertainment in general and i want to know if you have any advice to give we have younger listeners on the podcast so a lot of times our listeners are at a point in life where they're you know probably in that pivot you know, in the in the middle of that pivot. And listen, you're not just going to have one pivot in your life, right? There's going to be multiple. <laughs> Nichelle and I are here to to tell you that you will have multiple pivots in, our, in your life. And, and so do you have any advice or, or wisdom or even just any tidbits to share with people who are seeking, you know, guidance? I would say the one thing that I could say at this stage of my life being not 20 something anymore, I would say when things are happening, like your consciousness is so important. That's why the five minute journal is like such a great thing. When, when these pivots are happening or once you realize you're in a pivot, try as hard as you can to become conscious of what's going on and not be swept away by what's going on. Things like the five minute journal or like little, like I do like the daily J at seven minutes, like these things that keep you sort of um, remembering who you are. I think when these pivots come, it's so hard to remember who you are. You're like, oh, do I just follow the train? Whether this opportunity makes sense for me or it doesn't. A lot of times you just get pulled in a direction and you go. But when you're going through the pivot and when you're in that moment, if you can just take a second to really make sure that it resonates with your heart, with your mind and with your spirit does this resonate for me in a positive way? And if when you check in with yourself, you feel like you're betraying yourself on any level, stop. Just not, that doesn't mean that you you just stop and you take the time and the space that you need to make sure that that pivot is serving you. Because a lot of times the pivot's they hurt. <laughs> sometimes they're good pivots and sometimes they're really scary, really confronting and difficult pivots. And if you can stay conscious 
and stay who you are and make the best choice for yourself. And obviously we have to make choices so that we are, you know, taking care of ourselves or taking care of the people around us or making sacrifices for love or sacrifices for financial gain or whatever it is. Is there a way if this pivot doesn't necessarily work for you, but it's one that you have to make, is there a way to sort of ease into that? So if you're a young actor and you're running out of money and you have to go it go home for a little while or you have to go you know get a job or you can't extra anymore or you can't whatever it is is there a way for you to do that and either find a class that stimulates you or if you can't find a class you have a friend cuz all of us have phones and a friend like so i'm i'm thinking in the perspective of a young actor one of the things that i would do sometimes it, and it actually like made me like cry because i missed it so much when i was at cycle houses i would get together with other actor friends and we would do scenes we would do scenes from scenes that we would never get to do another girl and i did like a scene from heat you know what i mean like the de niro pacino scene from heat and you would do you'd have 10 friends and you wouldn't criticize, you would say, you would always start with something that you liked and then um, something that could serve them. So they would do the scene. So now do the scene again, but your sisters or, you know, something like that, you know, like change the circumstances of it or whatever. So if you don't have money for a class, can you get with friends? If you don't have any friends, read the, read the artist's way or audition. My friend is reading audition again. I don't know if you remember that book, you know, like you, there, Keep, hold on to that dream. Hold, even if you, even if you're holding on by the nail of your pinky finger, and life has shown up and changed things for you in a way that is sort of challenging or forcing you to pivot in a way that doesn't feel good. You, sometimes you can't wrap your arms around it completely, but you can hold on one way or another. You know. So if how can you do that? identify that and identify the opportunity to stay true to yourself because we can get lost. I got lost for nine years, nine, maybe 10 years. I let go of it because I was scared. I lost, I stopped acting originally because the strike came and I was so hurt. It was right when my career was starting to take off. This is a long time ago. I'm talking like 2007 or eight, 2008. Yeah, of course. There was a, there was a right, for those who don't know, there was a writer's strike within SAG-AFTRA and the entertainment industry in, yeah, I think it was 2008. And so every show closed down. So no one could work for a significant amount of time. And I had just started working for the first time in my life. I was recurring on two shows and I had been in like two movies and everything stopped. And then you got scared? Yeah, I thought, Everything shut down. There's nothing happening. You know, I felt like I was lucky to have gotten the things that I had gotten. I didn't think that I would ever have an opportunity. I wasn't a star. I had like tiny recurrings on like a, but it was happening. I was moving towards it. And I felt like I was going in this direction and got hit with a Mack truck. And so I just, I started like waiting tables. And, but guess what? Sometimes the dream gets deferred. A teacher didn't show up at a spin class. A teacher didn't show up at a spin class and the manager ran in and was like, oh, I don't know where the teacher is. I was like, oh, you're going to cancel? He's like, no, you're going to teach it. And so you just got on the bike and started to teach a class. You'd never been trained to teach. No. And it was so successful that 
everyone booked your class. They put you on the on the schedule right away. Everyone booked your class the next day. And this is something you just fell into. So let me say something really quickly, Michelle. You pivoted very quickly into a, I, I know it wasn't what your heart wanted to do, but you clearly were also successful at that. And you were just meant to be in front of people. And it seems like you've really been able to tune in to how to keep your mental health working for you. Can you talk to us for a minute about physical health? Because that's, that is something, even though it was a detour for a decade of your life, that is something that you still practice today and know really well. I think at one point, did you lose 60 pounds at one point? Yes, I did. So you decided to make fitness a priority and how, I mean, no, and listen, this is a very tricky conversation to have because there is a difference between losing weight for health and then staying healthy. And I just want to pinpoint that for people listening. And for people listening or people who don't know, I'm not what anyone would call skinny even today. I'm, I'm fit, but I am not a thin person. I was, when I went to college, I, I was a sports girl all my life. I went to college. My my family's very healthy. My father is still very healthy. You've met my dad. Like, and I came from a fitness family and I went to college and I didn't play sports. And I was exposed to like soda and white bread and pizza and jack in the box at two o'clock in the morning. And without yeah, without even thinking about it, this is why consciousness is important. Literally, I went home and I remember, this is like no shame. This is a different, I remember someone, I don't want to, this was like, oh, they called the freshman 15, but this looks more like the freshman 35, you know? And, and I'm a rebel and I was like, oh, who cares? And so by the time I graduated college, I was literally uh, 60 pounds heavier than I was when I started. Lucky for me, like sports was in my jeans, but until we did a show, we were doing Midsummer Night's Dream. Sterling and I were Oberon and Titania. We had this Russian director who was just like, oh, you're so beautiful. Your costume is a bikini. And I was like, sir. And literally, but I was also, some, and I literally went to my first spin class because I said, I just wanted like, just get, and then the bug hit me again. And I was lucky that I had that kind of in me already. But really, I, but I tell my father, I'm like, you did us a disservice because I lost my mind when I went to college because we didn't have white bread in my house. We didn't have soda in my house. We didn't have any of those kinds of things. So I went like, ham, hey, and also being an athlete, think about like the caloric swing from being an athlete and doing some sort of sport every single day to being completely sedentary and exposed to foods that you never ate before that were processed and can't, you know what I mean? And you're leaving the cafeteria and then three more of your friends come in and they're like, oh, come sit with us. And then you're eating another Sunday. And then like, you know what I mean? I, there's a, I was dating a cute football player who literally could eat like Jack in the Box like every night. But you night. live and you, you learn, right? So like you, you went through that and now you understand what your body can do and what it can't do. And That's right. So from a health perspective, that's what's most important. And I always say to my class, and you'll probably remember this there, I said, doesn't matter. What matters is how you feel about it. How do you feel? Not what the industry thinks you should or shouldn't be, or what your parents think that you should or shouldn't be, or what your friend. How do you feel about it? And that's why it's important to know yourself. See, we keep coming back to having this, the mental health aspect of it all, of just even operating in gratitude, really working on not trending towards the negative in your mind. And I have those days and I have friends like you. Like, I remember when I, say, when I was like, I'm doing this again. You're like, oh my God, yes. Like, you know, so much support of people who, and even my career 
as a teacher, I was so successful because as an actor, I have been taught empathy. I think that everyone that picks this as a profession, truly picks it as a profession, are the most empathetic, kindest people. And yes, there are head cases and just like every other human being, it's just more exposed to us when people who are in the limelight have a difficult time. But they, there is, and I think that my empathy as an actor and my ability to want to understand every single human being. I think every real actor just wants to understand the human condition and show it to other people so that we feel that we are not alone. That's why Cycle Hustle was successful because I wasn't just teaching fitness. I was teaching people that whatever they are, whoever they are, however they feel, however they look is okay. Mm. Oh, that's why I love you because you continue to do that, not just in all aspects of your life. And you're just a true gem of a human, truly. And that is not always something that we can say about people. So I'm I'm so grateful that you came on. I know people are going to want to know how they can watch a good person movie? Oh, so A Good Person is premiering in theaters on March 24th. It will be in every major market. I had actually had brunch with Zach on Saturday and he was at every single major market. His entire heart and soul is in this film. And just know that what is what is for you will find you, right? So it's it, March 24th. It is incredible. Morgan Freeman is incredible. Florence is incredible. Zach is an incredible director. Please go and see it. Uh, you won't be disappointed. It is beautiful. If you ever saw Garden State, it's so many people's one of their favorite films. That's the other film that he directed. And it's been a really long time. And one more thing I'm going to say, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this, but this is a little like scoop. What's for you will find you because Zach Braff did not write that part for Morgan Freeman. He wrote that part for someone else, someone huge. I don't think I can say, I don't want to, and that person turned it down and Zach was devastated and didn't know if he was going to be able to make the film. And then he was, he had shot, he had directed a film with Morgan and he loved me. He's like, but there's no way, like, I don't have the money for Morgan Freeman. I cannot, like, this isn't going to, happen and he sent the script to Morgan and Morgan was like when are we doing this never in that movie I'll tell you privately who it was gonna be would not have been the movie that it is without Morgan Oh, wow. I'm so excited to watch it. I can't wait to watch you as your friend, as a colleague, as everything. I think it is so nice and lovely to watch your friends soar. And I know this is only the beginning. You have so much to share, really. And so thank you for coming on and thank you for being with us. I know everyone's going to want to know your socials. Can you give us your socials? Oh, yes. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. You are a gem. I want to come over and kiss those babies. So I'm just inviting myself. It's happening and I can't wait for Mary Miller's wedding. We're going to rage and this is going to be crazy. Cannot wait. But all of that to say, uh, Nichelle, my handle's Nichelle at Nichelle and it's easy and drop me a dime. And thank you so much for having me. I love talking about this and I love like just the opportunity to gab with you any chance I get. And I think what you're doing is amazing because you're helping people, right? The actor the actor. People are always like, oh, but you do this. No, the actor is a, is, is in yeah, service. Always. We are in service. And thank you for being in service. Proud to be by your side, truly. So thanks for coming on. Love you, Mucha. It's funny because I always have asked the universe for answers. And I 
sort of do it half-heartedly. I don't really think anything's going to respond. But Nichelle has definitely changed my perspective on that because clearly she asks the universe for answers and she gets them. So I'm going to change my perspective on that. And I just love her saying what is for you will find you. Trusting and believing in yourself and the path that you're on, whatever that is. Hope you guys got as much from her conversation as I did. We have another great episode coming for you next week. Until then, take care. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Edited by Diane King. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Music by Joe King. And advertising partnership with Acast.